Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jubilee Street, a music podcast with your hosts, Jake and Ian. Hello. Comes a time. Go on. Comes a time. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know you were hearing the baton to me. And we also have Blue the Intern Dog here, Buffy the HR Dog. And there comes a time for us to talk about Jeff Rosenstock and Laura Stevenson's Neil Young covers EP, the new one. Still young. Right? Ian. No, younger still. There was a podcast named Jubilee Street, a music podcast hosted by Jake and Ian. Wait, sad punk, sad punk, middle upper class boy. Younger still. still I want to I, I I start the episode I saying bought. it's okay. We practiced it a couple times before. Jeff Rosie's talk would appreciate it. That's, that's, you know, that's his whole ML list. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, Just you try. know what? It, it, Jeff Rosenstock, if he had if he had a comic book, like a kind of a sexual comic book, it'd be, it could be Jeff of the Jizz. I think he needs to sell soup bases. Jeff Rosenstock. Like vegetable stock, <laughs> chicken stock. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever tomato stock. That's like a that's like an office hours commercial idea right there. That's great. It would be great merch. I would I would exclusively make soups with that, that base. So if you're listening, <laughs> make soup Jeff. with Jeff Rosenstock's best stocks. And then um, who's like a who's like a a musician with like a B name? They could do you know someone's bouillon. Hmm. Be- oh, Beastie Boy Bo- bouillon. Beastie Boy bouillon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight, uh, what's their song called? It's not straight out of Compton. It's a uh, no, uh, no, no sleep till no something till no sleep till bouillon. Yeah, you, no sleep till bouillon. Yeah, that'll be their that'll be their first flavor. It's beef and uh, chicken flavored bouillon cubes. All this to say, check out our Jubilee Street Holiday 2022 gift guide. Yes, we're working on it diligently, and by diligently meaning we're going to procrastinate it and may not even end up doing it because Ian got too high on hashish. Jake, do you know there's a wrestler called Luchasaurus and he is a dinosaur that with a lucha mask? Well, it's funny that you bring that up because there is a place called Lucha Libre here in San Diego and they do burritos. Mm. So I was just thinking about lucha masks, but that's pretty awesome. Uh, but we're not here to talk about burritos or lucha libres or luchasauruses. We're here to talk about the amazing new EP cover album by... I guess you can't call it an album. It's an e- it's an EP of covers by Jeff Rosenstock and Laura Stevenson. Younger still, and you 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 guessed it. They're Neil Young covers. We got Razor Love, Hey Babe. I'll let you say the other two. Comes a time, and everybody knows this is nowhere. So Ian, they put out the first one before we started the podcast in 2019. They put out a Neil Young covers EP out of nowhere. Same. This has kind of been Jeff Rosenstock's MO the past like five years. When he puts something out, he just he doesn't announce it. You just wake up and it's there. Um, and then apparently they worked on a second one and then COVID hit and they just never were able to finish it. And they finally finished up the second EP before this tour they're about to go on. And it is younger still. And this one's cool because it's two, you know, two songs that most everyone probably knows if you're if you are a Neil Young fan and then two songs I'd never heard Razor Love and Hey Babe some deep cuts 
Which is your favorite cover? I think, you know, it might be because I didn't know this song, so it was like fresh to me. I think this Razor Love song is beautiful. One of the best Neil Young songs. And I'm like, how are down. even his deep cuts? This is from Silver and Gold, which is an album mm-hmm. from 2000. I've never listened to it before. And I'm like, how is even the songs I've never heard before this good? On a podcast uh, I listen to from time to time, uh, I think it's Tiger Belly with Bobby Lee and Kalila Kuhn. Kalila talked about if she was going to give birth, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, she would have her birth song be Razor Love by Neil Young, mm. which is a weird song. Well, so that to choose for that. I was going to, I guess we can just get straight into to the, this, this stuff. What did you take from that? So that song to me, it sounded like a love song, but not about a romantic partner. It felt to me either about your child or a friend. And it reminded me a lot of like the people we came up with, you know, in our college days. He, he talks about a razor, like a love that cuts through. And it reminded me of like having friends that just like are addicted to drugs, or just like can't get their life going. And you just love them anyway. Like your love cuts through all that bad shit. And you're just like, mm-hmm. try to see the good in them. And yeah, it made me think a, of like, like, what a beautiful all- Neil Young type sentiment, you know? Yeah, that's we constantly come back to that era of our lives. I think it's probably the most emotional highs that we had. And I just remember it it made me think about like the people that we would hang out with that like we really liked but they were fucked up all the time. And I'm not even talking like Tyler and Cody like you know, they they were partying a lot but you know, we hung out with them, and there were people that would just show up at our house. Like, I think about um, Old Boy. Remember him? Old Boy, Mr. Sarah, Raven, <laughs> Cody Caps, Parker. All yeah. All of them. All of those guys, like, they they had a fucking problem, and they were, but they were really nice. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know those guys as much as you did. I had a couple of people like that that I ran around with in some other circles. Um, but Dude, old boy is such a good, like I would love my nickname was just old boy. Yeah. It's the best name. It's and, great. And the, the thing is, is that all of those stories in hindsight are so fucking funny. Like they're so stressful, but they're so funny. Like I think about being out drinking with Cody Ray and Chad one night and just like, carrying an entire Dr. Pepper can of whiskey and just drinking the entire thing. <laughs> and Cody Ray kept... <laughs> he was wearing one of those Carhartt jackets and he would just roll up into a little ball and he like would lay on the ground for like 15 minutes. And then Chad would go like rip shit, like rip security mirrors and carry them with him and put them in his room as decorations and... The whole time we were doing that walk, it was like a three and a half hour thing. We were just walking around Old Louisville. Cody had to poop <laughs> the entire time. And he, he didn't say anything until we were almost home. And he was, he was like, like dying. He was like turtling. Like he, I think he barely made it upstairs. The worst. You were, you were, I think you had some lady uh, in your bed with you and. Uh, anyway, I'm reminiscing too much, but I really like this song, and I, I think that um, lyrically speaking, uh, the title like "Razor Love" is "Razors" are mm, kind of a dark, th- 
thing to place next to love. You know, we talked about in one of our tender prey episodes that putting the word tender next to prey is kind of a, you know, interesting combination. Razor love is really similar because... <clears throat> I see it as a positive thing, though. I don't know how Neil Young meant it, but I see it as like cutting through all the bullshit, all the faults. Okay, yeah, I, I, I will admit my um, analysis for all of these songs was very surface level. Some of them I was familiar with, Razor Love and um, Hey Babe I'd heard before from uh, Star Spangled Stripes and Banners, I think is what American it's called. American Stars and Bars. American Stars and Bars. And um, <clears throat> so those two I was familiar with, and then when you immediately when you shared There Comes a Time in the group chat, I was like, oh, man. I, I listened to the whole album like two or three times that day. The, the, so you've, you've heard the first EP, right? We, we, we talked about it when it came out, didn't we? Not on the we. podcast, but... <laughs> what? Um, yeah, we, we both really enjoyed it. I, I love it. It's got a couple of my favorite Neil Young that, songs um, on it. Ambulance what, Blues is on there. Ambulance right? Blues, yeah. that. We're all just pissing in the wind. What a great fucking song and a great cover. I meant to send you this that that cover in particular. You you know the um, fuck. What's Jason Molina's band called? Songs Ohio. Yeah, you know that farewell transmission song. Yeah, of course. Waxahachie and her husband Kevin Morby. They have a cover of it where they like do Holy it like, shit. like Jeff and Laura. And She's married is, to Kevin Morby. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They they have a duet of it together, and it's so good. I meant to send it to you. It, well, the CP reminds me a lot of that cover. He, Jason Molina is one of my favorite songwriters, but I think that I I feel like there's the probably CP people right who now. can cover his songs much better than he performed them. If that, that might be sacrilegious to say, but I just no, have I know a feeling what you mean. he he did his he didn't have the biggest range with his voice. Well, I, you I know what mean. was so fun listening to some of these songs is the way that Neil Young barely hits a high register, but he makes it work. That, so this EP, especially even more than the first one, I was like, oh, Jeff, like, takes so much from Neil Young, and I never noticed. Because Jeff does that same thing where, like, he doesn't have the best falsetto, but it's just so endearing the way he does it. And it's the same way Neil Young does it. Yeah, I, and I gotta say, like, the covers are faithful, but they're also so much like Laura and Jeff's music. Like Yeah, I was thinking about how we did that uh the farewell or not farewell, what's that song called? Helpless mm-hmm. cover that Nick Cave did of oh, the I love that song. song. Well I think it's and a Crosby was, Stills Nash and Young song, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And but these are so much more fascinating to me because I feel like I think of Nick Cave and Neil Young as like kindred souls. Their voices are very different, but mm-hmm. there's a similarity there. It's way more interesting to see what Jeff Rosenstock and Laura Stevens and do Neil Young because in my mind they're so different. Well, and this is a pretty monumental team up for you. Like this is like, you know, the thing and uh, whatever. What, what's like? What's who's the best team up that the thing could have? The thing, Spider Man. This is like the thing. The thing and Spider Man teaming up for you, like. Jeff Rosenstock, Laura Stevenson, two of your longest term followed artists. Like you've been listening to Jeff since he was in Bomb the Music Industry. I saw Jeff Rosenstock live for like five minutes and he played with like a boom box and like he played guitar and he had like a record his recorded music like behind him. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like 
I've been I was lamenting before we recorded. You know, he and Laura are going to be playing at Pappy and Harriet's and Joshua Tree, and I so wish I could go see him now because I know they're going to play all these songs, and I'd love to hear them. And I just think that it's just this is just a cool moment for you as a fan, you know, like and especially because I think Jeff Rosenstock has finally risen to a level of mainstream popularity that he's deserved for a long mm-hmm. time. Same with I mean, I think Laura still maintains a kind of indie coolness. Like I feel like she's not as big as Jeff, but not necessarily for lack of talent or trying. Like I think she's just as, if not more than, a competent musician. Just hasn't broke through like Jeff has yet. Yeah, it's cool. They they are on each other's music constantly. Laura Stevenson was in Bond the music industry. They play on each other's records. Jeff always plays saxophone on her record. She always sings backup vocals. I think they help on production. But they've never done a project where it's like both of them together as the front people. So so this is really cool. I, I would really love it if they do a... I mean, they could keep... Put, if they want to put out a Neil Young covers EP every year, I'll be happy with that. But I would also love if they do like a record record together. Yeah, I was thinking it's, it's about time. After- Especially now that Jeff has like really worked on his voice and he... Yeah. He still doesn't have the best voice in the world, but he can hang with Laura Stevenson and sing. Pretty. Oh, like he's really developed that that style. So they could duet and it could work. Laura is an inc- much, so much better of a singer than Jeff, obviously. But when they do the "Hey Babe" duet, he is he fits in perfectly. It's hard to imagine the Jeff Rosenstock of early Bond, the music industry, being able to sing like this. And he has honed his voice. Really put a lot. You of know in. what? Uh, do you remember that podcast he used to do, Batman Island or whatever? Yeah, Chris Farron. Yeah, he had an episode. I think it was like the Suicide Squad episode that he did with Laura Stevenson. And oh, really? I didn't listen to that. Yeah, one. and and so it it really I put two and two together that they've just been working together for a long time, and I just think that's really cool and cute and endearing that they're such good friends and collaborators. You know, we all dream to have friends like that i'm lucky enough to have a couple he's lucky enough to probably have a couple more because he's in the he's actually in the music industry he bombed it and then he recreated it mm-hmm. yeah i'm guessing they met in college i think jeff rosenstock went to like a music college and yeah i mean they've been on each other's stuff from the very beginning and i think laura stevenson's husband plays bass in laura stevenson's band mm-hmm. but i think he played bass in the bomb music industry it's a whole like web of people that are all connected. That whole punk scene. I saw somebody added me on with Chris Gethard. That whole like yeah, New York punk. It it's all all that like indie punk shit is connected because I saw somebody added me on Facebook who's friends with Mike Harpering who was in Good Luck. Mm. Like uh, you, you just the, the world is so small and connected. Before this, uh, Paul Barabo and Ginger from Good Luck did a Bruce Springsteen's cover album, which is so Paul Barabo. And and, yeah. and and Ginger. I, I don't know if I told you. I, I saw him about a month ago. I was driving through the Highlands, mm-hmm. and he was riding his bike. He lives in Louisville, doesn't he? Yeah, he's lived in Louisville for like 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish he would make music again, or more oh, often. Oh, it's a bummer he stopped. If he was, Paul Barabow listens to this podcast, I would love it. No pressure, but I would love it if you put out music. Collectively, I think for like you, me, and Chad, Paul Barabow, Paul Barabow was kind of our guy. And then Great songwriter. I think besides that, probably AJJ were like the big connecting bands. And then for you and me, Mountain to Sleep. And then I think for like... Defiance Ohio, that era was... Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, James, Good luck. Ro- James Rooney sent me a funny meme about like, Mom, don't talk about my folk punk era. And it was like Andrew Jackson Jihad and 
Ramshackle Glory and all that shit, like pictures of those albums. Funny. Um, Funny, yeah. It's it's. I feel like he kind of had a fall from grace, but it was it was a cool level of like street cred for a while that uh, the guy from Ghost Mice played a show with us, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Clavicle was that his name? Chris Clavis? <laughs> Chris Chris Clavin. Chris Clavin. Chris Clavicle is a good name for an we artist or, or, a, for him. or or a wrestler. Chris Clavicle. Yeah, he Chris he always Clavicle. breaks he always breaks everybody's <laughs> clavicles. Goes out, yeah, he goes after. The but he but he he does it by accident. He's like he. What's the type of wrestler that's like a nice guy? What's the, what's their title? Like the like Jungle Boy probably right. Um, I guess just a, a face, a baby face. It's a good guy. Yeah, I, I feel like Chris Clavicle would be a baby face, but he always accidentally like breaks something in the ring. Like he always hurts somebody really badly. He doesn't mm-hmm. know his own strength. Just kind of um, comedy character. Kind of comedy character. Yeah. Um. So can I can I go to the, my next topic here? Yeah, this is your podcast too. Uh, I just don't want to pivot too hard, and you know I can get kind of tangential. So oh no, you got to get me off topic now. That you brought up wrestling. You got to pivot hard. Ian, what's the uh, what's the thing that people value most these days? What's the thing that people value? Is this a riddle or is this a real question? It's a real question. I just want to know what you think because I have a word in mind, but I, I want to see what you say. I think that the people, the thing that people value most these days, I think it's the thing that people have always valued most, and that is time. Okay, so that is directly connected to what I was going to say, which is convenience. Yeah, sim- yeah, similar. I think like it's it's fu- it's ironic and funny that it's like an act of rebellion to not have an Amazon Prime account these days, and. Uh, the I reason don't have I, one, baby. Ian McCurs is the most rebellious guy in the room. The uh, the thing is, is that I was I listened to the to the I've been listening to this cover album. Like you can listen to it in like fifteen minutes. So I listen to it all the time. I just put it on while I'm cleaning the bathroom or doing the dishes. It's just it's just feel good kind of shit. And Dude, your hair's looking great. You look like like a European producer that's like making beats or push a T or something. Uh, hey, uh, push when you come into the studio. <laughs> Sorry, I know no one can see, but I just wanted a comment. I just made a commercial for chicken nuggets. <laughs> Pharrell flew me out on a private jet, something like that. Sorry, Pusha, I'm not trying to appropriate your flow. I know it was very good in comparison to yours. And oh, looks like Arby's is calling me right now. <laughs> uh, that's a little joke for the for the Pusha T fans out there. Um. Anyway, uh, the reason I bring that up is because you can't get Neil Young's music on Spotify anymore. It's been a, oh, right. it's been okay. a. I wonder, I was wondering where you're going with that. And I, it's only important because this is an episode that's about two artists who clearly love Neil Young, and how sad I am that the only way that I could find these Neil Young songs to listen to to compare to the covers was YouTube, which isn't bad. I love YouTube. I use it all the time, but you can't use it while you turn your phone, like you put your phone on standby, yep. and. I'm listening to these Neil Young songs and obviously Jeff and Laura's versions are beautiful, but I started tearing up listening to um, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Like Neil's version, he is just, that guy has his finger on my pulse, man. I just swear like Neil Young speaks to me in a way that no artist does. I, I just, I love his music and I love that Laura and Jeff love it so much that they're making these covers because now I can, I don't have to go to YouTube to listen to it. Like I can just put their their covers on and be just as moved, you know. But I miss him. It. I don't like that Spotify has such a stranglehold on our attention because that's where I always go when I want to listen to music. I go straight to Spotify. 
I, I don't have a point for that. It's just something that I've been thinking about. We're podcasting, right? That's, that's Van Lathan would say that's podcasting. I was thinking about these covers too and how it would be cool if like the whole music industry got together, you know, maybe like some influential people like some Tom Yorks or the Killers or Bruce Springsteen, like some big names and then also some smaller people like Jeff and Laura, like, you know, like a hundred artists and they all covered Neil Young's catalog and there was just like tons of covers every every Neil Young song and they put them on Spotify and all the streaming money went to like a charity Neil Young liked or something because to me that'd be even more like sticking it to like we're gonna do this huge effort to like cover all Neil Young's music and we're gonna take all Spotify's money give it to somewhere Neil Young likes Neil Young can still have his mu- uh, music mm-hmm. off the platform I think it'd be really cool maybe I should maybe should I, try to, I should try to put that together Maybe I could be a mover and shaker in the industry. Well, keep it keep it a little bit more. Uh, you know, don't go so macroscopic with it because you're still working on Ian Salt shakers. And I want you know, I know how much you love saying you're a mover and a shaker, and you keep talking about how you want to make these salt shakers and sell those first. So focus on your Etsy shop and then go go wider with it. You know, Neil Young will appreciate the the connection to the. You know, you're like, hey, you know, I'm selling these salt shakers, but I'm also moving and shaking the music industry. It would just be so cool. Remember when we did that Metallica like Blacklist album? It'd mm-hmm. be cool if like 50 artists were like, we're all, we're all doing four song Neil Young cover EPs. I couldn't agree more. I I feel like his music's or his music's <laughs> his music is so ripe for covers. Like uh, I'd love to hear hear Billy Corgan cover a song. I'd love to hear um, Joni Mitchell. Oh, Smashing Pumpkins, Neil Young. Covers be great. Be Honest, a lot better than what they're doing. Honestly, Green Day. I'd love to hear a Green Day cover. Um, I mean, there's. I feel Dude, like when you texted me that that Cure song sounded like when I come around. Did you? I did, was like, what the fuck? How did? What are you talking about? Then as soon as I hit play, I immediately heard it. <laughs> I told you. I just, I've been listening to Dookie recently, and and I I was like, oh, this sounds exactly like a Green Day song. It just when I saw the text, I was like, what a wild thing to say. But you were right. Listen, if if there's anything that I hope to accomplish is I text somebody and they they have those WTF moments. Like, what is he talking about? But then you hear it. I'm not I'm not and then I have my institutionalized moment. I'm not crazy. He just wanted a Pepsi. He just wanted his kombucha. All I wanted was a Pepsi flavored kombucha and they wouldn't give it to me. Neil but Young's yeah. voice is just so to to take a word we used last episode, tender. Seminal. He just has this tenderness. Hearing Neil Young sing is just like the most precious thing. Like I know what you mean about tearing up, but just like his voice just breaks your heart. Well, that's a great, you know, way to to go into what I was going to say about uh, Razor Love specifically. But man, is this guy fucking tender on these songs? Like the le- the delivery, like I've got you know the the way it starts out in the beginning, it's just so fucking good. Like. I got to bet that you're old man. Like, I'm I, as someone who it's been about a year since I worked on music regularly. Like, I I did our theme song, and there's some other music stuff I'll probably be working on a little bit here and there in the future. I don't do it as much, but I'm just like, how do you think to do a cadence like that for the lyrics? Like, like it's just so soft and. Lovely, just lovely. You just—I mean, no, not a hot take here. But he's just a genius. Like, 
Yeah, his placement of melodies, words. I mean, he's just one of the best songwriters that's ever lived. Yeah, it's like we could end the podcast right there, right? Because like, <laughs> what is what else is there to say? Um, and I was I was thinking about like if you contextualize Neil Young for when you know his golden era was like mid sixties, seventies. Think about the bands like the Rolling Stones and in the seventies. You get all kinds of like prog rock is popular and rock and roll is very macho. The Beatles aren't macho, but the Beatles are like very psychedelic and weird. And then Neil Young is just like this soft, high pitched voice. Being even now, his music sounds vulnerable. Imagine in 1965 what it's like hearing this man sing these songs. Like, it's so, like, playing with, like, gender roles, you know? Like, he's so emotional in a way that, like, was probably pretty wild to hear then. Well, what's interesting, so so let's let's go to Hey Babe for a little while. Um, but he's cool. He's not like, like, James Taylor is kind of, like, was seen as a dork. Yeah. Neil yeah. Young was cool, and he was able to be that vulnerable. So let's go to, let's go to the Hey Babe thing. Um, mm-hmm. He does some of the call and response vocals on it did you hear that and he does kind of the higher register on the on the neil young version on his version yeah yeah it's like is it the first half he's doing with himself and then i think linda ronstadt's on that song oh my god is she on that let me check yeah they work together and then there's another uh, i can't remember her name there's a woman who singed a lot with neil young that is on that song too i think i'm pulling up the the wikipedia page so we can we can get to the bottom of this linda old linda ronstadt so she is not credited on this song. So I don't know if there's another version. Maybe they did live. I think she might be on Razor Love then. She's on one of these songs. She's not credited on that either, but it's is only showing the writer. So let me see if she's on personnel. Yeah, you're right. She did backing vocals on Old Country Waltz, Saddle Up the Palomino, Hey Babe. And then is, is what's her name? Nicolette Larson? Is that Nicolette Larson, yeah. She sang, she sang a lot with Neil Young. Oh, man, she's beautiful. This picture they have of her on Wikipedia is great. Her hair is like looking like my hair. She's looking like an Eastern European producer. I believe she died young. I think she was a you know solo artist of her own right. She died when she was 45 in 1997. Pretty so, young. Yeah, pretty young. That's, I feel like if you die before you're 70, that's a young death. Well, I was thinking in rock and roll terms, I guess it's not so young because so many people die in their 20s, but mm-hmm. in normal life terms, that is very young. Yeah, I, you know what? I think uh, one of these songs is a Crazy Horse uh, song. I think it's um, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Yeah, I can never keep straight what's... Because like, there's albums that are Crazy Horse, but then sometimes Neil Young will have a solo album, but like half of it Crazy Horse is on. It's hard to keep track of what's Crazy Horse. I think that Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere is the best... It's not my favorite cover, but I think it's the best one that they did in their style. Because they, a lot of these songs are faster. They finish more quickly than the than the originals. Because there's it's just a slow. Neil does a slower tempo, but that one's really interesting because it's got that burn it I think I want to go back home. Like I just think that's so perfect for Jeff and Laura to cover together because. They can do a faster version that's a little more punky, and it's got that like that could be a Jeff Rosenstock song, right? Yeah, I thought that one especially is interesting because I don't know if this is like a conscious move on their part, but they never let any of these covers on either EPs get that country. So this one, 
that part where it picks up yeah. is very country. Mm-hmm. They throw the drum machine in there. It, it seems like anytime there might be a country vibe, they kind of take it out. I don't know if maybe they're not comfortable with that vibe or what, but they always kind of steer away from it getting too country. Yeah, th- this song goes hard, and um, I, I, I just mood wise, they really capture a great variety of moods on this little EP. It's I, I wish it was longer. Honestly, I hate when it's over. Uh, and they do a. I think the other song where they kind of nail it as a cover is. Um, I'm blanking on the the second track. Um, comes a time. Comes a time. Like. Like that is very Laura Stevenson to me. Like from what I have heard of her music, like it's got that very sort of dreamy indie rock that they've, you know, like again, they've kind of sped the tempo up. It's a little more punk driven. Um, I feel like the original has that, like, you know, almost church feel where it's, yeah, this is so, and Laura Stevenson is like belting it out in a way she usually doesn't do. And mm-hmm. it's awesome. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm pulling up the lyrics for that one because I feel like there's something I wanted to say from there. Yeah, I I, I want to make sure I'm I'm given proper. I I I just worry I worry I'm never given enough credit to the to the female performers. But Laura Stevenson, talent wise, I think carries this entire thing. I don't think it's a competition, but every moment that I like is always her moments, and Jeff just completely compliments it like perfectly. Yeah, her her. I mean, it's hard. Jeff like is nailing that that sort of like tender Neil Young thing, but I mean, Laura Stevenson's voice is kind of unparalleled. So this is a good segue. Why do you think they paired these four songs together? Because I would be willing to bet good money that they probably have a full LP's worth of other covers that they could have chosen from. Yeah, I wonder if they have more recorded. So the first EP, I think, is like four hits. It's like four. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing this one they just wanted to do some deep cuts. I don't know. Like, like I said, I'd never heard "Razor Lover Hey Babe" before. Well, I'm trying to maybe narrow down if there's like a theme they're going for. Like, comes a time is you know, comes a time when you drift in, comes a time when you know, settle cause I feel like down. Because they're both probably late 30s, early 40s by now, right? Oh, I think they're mid forties. Yeah. So the, 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 thematically, no, that no, would be I interesting. Bet they're late thirties. They're yeah, not. They're no. They're, there's no way they're older than us by. They, they're probably like seven years ahead of us. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like doesn't Neil, all Neil Young songs kind of have the same like a, a theme of just like you're gonna get love old and searching. Yeah, just like searching for something, and I don't know. I mean, all of Neil Young's music seems to have a similar theme. Oh, man, get out of here. I was, like, right on the money. Laura Stevenson was born in 1984, so she is exactly seven years ahead of us. 1984, George Orwell. Mm-hmm. So she's 38. Oh, and it says here, you may have said this earlier, but she was a keyboard player in the music industry, so that would ex- explain yeah. their connection. That is really cool. We already covered that. I already covered it. Ja- you weren't listening to me as normal. Classic Jake not listening to Ian. Um, it's just like... Um, Jason Wood not listening to Vince on 11 o'clock. It's exactly, I was going to, yeah. Well, I was thinking it's exactly like, you know, Jason Wood not listening to Vince on 11 o'clock comics. It is like that, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking You're it was right. exactly like that. Good observation. Yeah. Um, was Blue feeding you that one in your ear? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if the listeners won't see it, but I bought one of those Bluetooth headphones that people hate. So, 
Like, so she could feed him notes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just need to get those those blue rays. She's like, Jake, Jake, say this. Yeah, yeah. She's she was like, well, uh, yeah, you know, she's like typing it into a typewriter, like into my head, so it's like clacking. Get this, Jeff Rosenstock is forty. I don't know. I, I, I like thinking about this stuff. Like, why choose these songs together? Like, you know, Razor loves it. If we're if we're thinking about you know long-term friendships and how like no matter what like you can't you know that love is so thick you can't cut it like it there's always like a a, there's always a golden Mm. hue on it and then comes a time is about there's going to come a time where you 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 you, all you really have are those memories you know not not necessarily dead you're not you know you're not dead yet you You still got stuff to do something because razor love does strike me like i said i don't know if you were listening but Safe to say, Razor safe love. to say, most times I'm not. Razor Love strikes me as a love song about friendship more than romantic love. So, you, that that could be that could be on something, yeah. And then you know, um, everybody knows this is nowhere. I think that a big topic that Haley and I have been discussing in our lives. You know, we went through a recent kind of traumatic experience together, and I think we're luckily starting to come out on the other side of that much stronger. And honestly, like our relationship has gotten better in a lot of ways. It's unfortunate that the circumstances um, put us in a position where that had to happen, but I'm part of me is kind of glad it did. Not necessarily, you know, those circumstances, but the outcome has been positive. And, you know, something that we always (laughs) worried about with, you know, we, we've, been discussing the last couple of years, like our next move. And, you know, we've got some not quite like ideal neighbors. Um, you know, they're, con- they, you know, they'll smoke inside. And we just, we got hot boxed one night where they were just like smoking cigarettes below us. And, you know, we keep the bedroom very closed with our, uh, our AC unit because we like to keep the room cold when we sleep. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And we've thought a lot about, like, we're worried about moving back to Louisville. We were thinking a lot about moving there and L.A., and we're still deciding. And, um, you know, for my friends, I think they're kind of tired of hearing me be like, oh, yeah, I think we're moving back next year or something like that. But the reason I bring it up is, like... uh, Move to Bloomington, Indiana. Great town. I feel like there's a quality of, of getting older where you do land in nowhere USA. Like no matter where you are, like you have to, you know, if you, you know, Haley really wants to have a family. I'm a little bit more indifferent, but you know, I love her. And if that's what she wants, I think I'll be a more than sufficient father. I think if I learned anything from my dad, I should do a good job. Um, Now that I don't really think that's on the horizon quite yet as far as a life change goes, but I know it's something that'll happen eventually. And um, that's just to say, I think there is a theme running through these covers that, like, whether it's implied or not, I think that, you know, Laura, Steven ha- Laura Stevenson had a kid within the last five years. You know, Jeff's kind of moved into these bigger britches in the mainstream music, and he's probably feeling some type of way about that. So, yeah, I don't know. Any, any Anything to add on there, Ian? Were you, were you listening? I was listening. And I think I think everything you said is right. Neil Young's songs are so universal. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I feel like you can pull. All his songs always feel like rel- like uh, relatable. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. The power of his music is. 
I feel like any of his songs could describe anyone at any point in their life because there's universal. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the... I think that's why he, why he just gets me. I think that's why I love this EP so much is it just feels like home. And I love... Do you, do you remember, like... I feel like we go through these waves of, like, in the punk world of older artists being really respected and kind of being in fashion. And you remember like 10 years ago, everyone loved Bruce Springsteen. And then I feel like when the post-punk thing was starting to come back, everyone like had this appreciation for U2. I'm glad that like the Neil Young thing is stuck around. He got popular again in like the punk indie world and just never, it wasn't a fad. He's just, Everyone loves him. Yeah, that's that's the that's the space he exists in. It's unironic. I feel like there is a a place for Neil Young in most people's like in, enjoyed discography. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that I think if you if think if you've heard Neil Young, you like at least one Neil Young album. There's never a I've never met a person like that dislikes Neil Young if they've heard of him. It seems like I know you're at least. No, both your parents like some classic rock. I, I I wasn't raised in a huge like classic rock household, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really either. But my mom, I think, listened to a lot more music than maybe your mom did. When I was little, you know, it was like the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Queen. There were sort of these like pillars of rock, whatever. Mm-hmm. Neil Young wasn't one of them, at least from my childhood. But I feel like now he is like thought of among those bands, and he deserves to be. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. If I have, skip through it. It'll probably take about 30 seconds. My experience with Neil Young was being, I want to say, 20, 21. Um, Maybe a little bit later, maybe like 21, 22. And I got reacquainted with my good friend and long-term close friend now, James Rooney. And what was I doing? Shout out James, shout out Algernon Cadwallader. I was doing every I was doing the same thing every fucking 20ish person was doing outside the U of L Humanities building. I was bumming a cigarette off of him and we were talking about music. And he lent me his copy of Neil Young Live at the Fillmore East. I think it was like 1969 and I heard Down by the River and I was immediately like, "Hey, I like this Neil Young guy." James was working at Underground Sounds in the Highlands at the time. Uh and he basically just got paid in records, so he was just acquiring music by working, you know, part-time shifts there. And I'd go there and hang out with him, and he'd help me pick out some CDs. And I remember, I associated it for whatever reason with the time right after I broke up with Allie, but I think it was before that that I got into On the Beach. But I, I always associated it with there being snow on the ground hearing that record and listening to it in my car driving around Louisville and... Neil Young just always has this like quality to me that feels very welcoming and like I said earlier, just feels like coming home. That's like the Neil Young feeling. You know how I uh, you asked to, to listen to a Cure album and I was like, check out Blood Flowers. I was going to talk about that later, but yeah. Well, just just briefly, I love the Cure. I, I one of my favorite bands. They are not the best band to like put on in a car with some friends. A lot of their music is very sad, very long. Neil Young has this way of like, Neil Young has a lot of, most of his songs are pretty sad, but they're also like fun, like they, they're everything. Like you could listen to Neil Young 
alone after a breakup or like in a car with a bunch of friends. It kind of works for any situation. That's 100% just, true. That's cool. I think like you could put after the gold rush on and at a party in the background or you could put it on by yourself like just wanting to listen to some Neil Young and it has the same effect. I think it, it's always a welcome addition to a, to a playlist. Pretty special when an artist can be like that. Uh, so you want to speak a little bit on like your like connection with Jeff and Laura at all or no? Well, it's not too much to say. So I, I guess it would start with there was a, a venue me and Jake loved called Skull Alley in Louisville. It was only around for like, what, two or three years from like 2009 it, to It feels like it was around longer than it was. Right. Um, but there was this, the guy who owned it, Jamie Pratt, there was a section, this, this group of punk bands that luckily me and him were into the same kind of music and he would bring all the bands in that world through the, the sort of like punknews.org roster of bands and bottom music industry was top of the bill in that scene at that time so they would come through a lot i think they played the first show at skull alley ever i didn't go to that show but i was not a fan of them particularly but i was a fan of lemuria and all the fat records bands a lot of the bands in their world so i checked out bottom music industry and probably late 2009 early 2010 and me cody chad we all Became a, a fan of Jeff from that point on, and his old band, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, mm-hmm. before Bomb, the solo stuff. I remember Cody Ray did not like when Jeff went solo. Much like when people left Bob Dylan after he went electric, Cody <laughs> left Jeff when he went solo. But I, I stayed. Uh, and Laura Stevenson was just by mean, you know, through Jeff Rosenstock. By way of? When Laura Stevenson went solo, she had a built-in fan base because everyone who liked Bond the music industry just latched onto her, even though she was playing a different kind of music. She fell into the same scene, so she would be playing crazy punk shows, playing her sad, slow songs, but it, it just worked. Yeah. And I've seen them both a bunch of times. And What were they yeah, called? Uh, Laura Stevenson and the Tin Cans? They were Laura Stevenson and the Cans. Okay. Which... I don't know if that was like a boob joke or what. I think it was just sort of like a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, she dropped it maybe uh, probably like 10 years ago now. I feel like that's kind of her sensibility. She has kind of a tongue-in-cheek quality to her sense of humor, I feel. Yeah, her music isn't... Her early stuff, there was some funny songs. Her music's pretty serious, but she seems like a very funny, not serious person. Great guitar tone. She has a great guitar tone. I always, I think she had a Telecaster first time I saw her live. Yeah, they're both. I don't know exactly what instruments they can play, but I think they can both play like every instrument. They're both, you know, like musical savants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool. I, I always love reminiscing on those times. It was, it was good times. It was the good, goodest of times. I remember. I, I'm sure it shows over the years. I've like said a word or two to both of them. Just like, nice show. I remember one time I went out to eat somewhere and Jeff Rosenstock was there. Mm-hmm. And was it Mr. Gaddy's? For a second. No, it was the Owlery in Bloomington. Oh, okay. Okay. But I remember one time at Fest in particular, 
I think it was the last fest spot in the music industry was playing before they were breaking up. They were playing like five shows over the weekend. And there was a show at this small venue that I was able to get into, and Laura Stevenson was opening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She played, and then she went to stand in the crowd to watch, which is kind of cool. And she ends up right next to me. And there's <laughs> like 15 minutes before Bomb is going to play because they're setting up. And I was like, I. I could talk to Laura Stevenson right now for like 15 minutes and have a long conversation, but I was too nervous. I didn't say anything. Was she just standing there the whole time? She didn't say, she wasn't talking? Yeah, I mean, she was just waiting for them to start. She was just going to be in the crowd like everyone else. And she was right next to me and I was like, I should just... Oh, you should have talked to her. She would have been so nice. I know she would have. Yeah. Especially like 18, 19 year old me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have been... She would have been like, what, 25, 26? That would have been intimidating. Probably. Well, that's cool. I'm. I, I love hearing those stories. You you have all the best punk stories. I, I feel like I don't have any. Mine are always like getting fucked up and going to shows, and I don't remember a lot of them. I just remember like, uh, caution critters. Was that what they were called? Remember those shows? Yeah, they were great. Yeah, yeah, good times, scholarly times, chestnut house times. Those were the probably the best years of my life. Honestly, wish I'd appreciated them more when I was doing them and not such a sad, sad boy, sad, sad punk. Middle upper class boy. Do you have before you fall into a well of despair? Do you have a guy like a, a male female combo you would like to see do like a team up thing like this? That's a good question. I know that's a that's a tough question off the top of your head, but I mean this is probably my favorite one now. But um, you know, honestly, I'd I would love to see Sudan Archives team up with somebody, but. I don't know. I have a good one. I have an out of the box. I don't know who. What about you? There's probably other ones I'd rather see, but I was trying to think of a just like a unconventional one. What about this? The lead singer of Soul Glow and the lead singer Melt Banana. (laughs) Oh, dude! I bet I bet that would be awesome. Crazy. Yeah, that'd be that'd be like no more parties in L.A. Where Kanye says crazy. Crazy, please. I, I honestly, that's a question I wish I'd been more prepared for. I can't. I'm, I'm like coming up. Yeah, me too. We could. I mean, I a think couple. a cool one would be Neil Young teaming up with like Joni Mitchell for an album. I think that would be really cool. I think it probably wouldn't work, but I think that would be really neat. And then, um, oh, one I've always wanted to see. Duh, we do a whole podcast about him. I've always thought Nick Cave and Chelsea Wolf would make magic together. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, it it would even be cool to see Nick and PJ Harvey reunite at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah, good question, Ian. Good question. Love those questions. Tell us what you think. Email us at jubileestreetpod at gmail.com. Comment on our Instagram uh, posts at jubileestreetpod on Instagram. Just plug in that really quick. I'm ready to take it home. Listen, everybody. Before we take it home, I want to talk about two things. First thing oh, is yeah, is we're going to do our first ever segment of Ian Recommends to Jake. And what? in Ian Recommends to Jake, uh, the name of the game is uh, from time to time, there comes a time, where I'm drifting musically. And I reach out to Ian and I'm like, just fucking... He, I'm like, what do you listen to recently? And he'll be like, you know, some roast beef, chicken, a pizza... 
And I'll be like, no, just this morning. And he's well, like, today. And he's and just just this morning. And he's like, oh, roast beef, chicken, a pizza. And then I'm asking, okay, well, just recommend me. You know, you're listening to The Cure. Just recommend me one Cure album. I've never listened to The Cure except for the hits. And he's like, listen to Blood Flowers. Okay, well, this was Saturday, Saturday before recording this. So by the time you hear this, probably two weeks ago. And I put it on. And I'm driving out to Chula Vista, which is about a half hour. You know, on a Saturday, it's like a 20, 20 30 minute drive, depending on traffic. So, and before the Cure heads come after me, I know that's not the best Cure album, but I wanted to give Jake an unconventional one. So, so get off my back. He knows my he, Ian knows my taste. I'm not gonna go for the the poppy ones. You know what I'm saying? I wanted I want something weird. I want something. Okay, so this album blew my mind. I listened to it. Half of it on the way there, half on the way home, and then I listened to it again the next day. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, there's some of these songs where there's no lyrics for like, there's no vocals for like two or three minutes. And it's instrumental. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Cure. And it's jammy. And then when the vocals oh, yeah. Welcome to the Cure. do come in, it's just Robert Smith just like belting it out, like being sad. And they're welcome to the cure. and the guitar players in this band are amazing. The bass players are just like thumping heavy. The it's it was an incredible experience, and I just mainly just wanted to talk about an album that Ian recommended to me that I loved. And that um I don't know I can't remember if it's the last song or second to last thirty nine. Yeah, that song's awesome. The yeah. That song's so good. Well, and then that leads me to, to, to my last comment about it is, again, no surprise here, but I'm, I'm doing a plug and a compliment at the same time. You guys, check out Ian's la- latest single release. What's it called, Ian? Organs. Check out Ian's latest release, Organs. It's on Spotify, all your music listening platforms. Check it out because... Ian sounds so much like his guitar playing sounds so much like The Cure. It's insane. Oh, you, you give me no better compliment. It's it's I mean. it's exactly your sensibility. It's melodic. It's relatively straightforward, but effective and heavy. So, Robert Smith is a, a guitar god. He is, okay. So that was my next question. So I I came in blind because I figured this would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast. So Robert Smith is singing and playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I am glad to know that because what guitar parts he does play, I don't know if they have another guitar player, but if he's doing all of it, it's all incredible. And I, I'm just, I was floored by it. And I'm excited to listen to that album more. And, you know, everybody, that's why you're here for Jubilee Street. Get some Ian recommendations. I mean, really, he's a lot like Neil Young in a lot of ways because they both like solo, but they're never. They're not show-offy. They're not overly technical. Yeah. But they just like know how to find the right melody. He's got that uh, singer-songwriter sensibility. But they, like, I hope you don't hate me for saying this, but it's kind of a jammy record. Like, they jam out a lot on that album. No, the Cure, so The Cure has, um, they have sort of this classic trilogy. It's their second, third, and fourth album, Faith, 17 Seconds, and Pornography. Mm-hmm. And those records will go like five minutes with no lyrics and they're just so dark and just jammy and atmospheric and i love yeah that's why that's i never knew that about the cure not not for lack of trying or anything that's the funny thing is didn't dip into it you know they've hopped around to so many different genres but people think 
Friday I'm in Love and, Bo- and Boys Don't Cry, mm-hmm. and they think the cure of is this like pop band. Just, and the just like, like Heaven's the other love. one, right? Isn't that another big song? Just like yeah. Heaven, yeah. Those are the ones you always think about. Um, and those songs are great too, but the cure has a lot of other gears they go into. So anyway, everybody, Ian, if, if you're okay with it, I'll bring it home. You know, you got a whole lot of homework to do. Check out Laura Stevenson, Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, I believe Laura put out a record last year. Haven't heard it, but I want to. Uh, Jeff put out a couple records. He did No Dream or No Dreams, right? No Dream and then Ska Dream. No Dream and Ska Dream. Ska Dream is a version of No Dream that is Ska infused is the word I want to use. And uh, No Dream I Have Heard, great record. And check out Still Younger or is it Younger Still? The first one. The first one's still young, and the second one's younger still. Check out Younger Still, which is the newest one, but also check out the first one they put out, Still Young. And they're both incredible. And then check out... And Jeff and Laura? Yeah. I, I hear you, Jeff, on your records. You like to throw in ambient interludes. Mm-hmm. You know, He loves some three minutes of ambient noise. I want to hear you guys do trans. Yes. Do something off trans next. Yes. Do all of the songs from trans. That would be so cool. That's the weirdest Neil Young record. Um, and then if I can, if you guys hear this, if I can recommend, I'd love to hear your cover of Tell Me Why. That's my favorite, my favorite Neil Young songs. Do it. Do it for us. Um, everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast, you're in luck because we have hundreds of more episodes. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you do find us and you do like this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow Leave a five-star review. If it's anything less than five stars, don't leave it. Don't be a negative Nancy. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're pretty active there. I just put a post up about Tender Prey. And I said in the post, comment below, sound off in the comments below what your favorite song from Tender Prey is. And maybe we'll cover it on the podcast. Okay? So, Jubilee Street Pod, keep on walking down that street. But be careful because if you're caught jaywalking, Nick Cave is going to come out and ask you for mercy. No, I can't say that to you on the podcast. <laughs>